Namaste and welcome to the Swadeshi podcast. This would be the second episode of the podcast. If you haven't watched the first episode, please go and watch that before this. In this episode, I'm mainly thinking of talking about the basics of Hinduism, the Swadeshi framework what I have referenced in the previous episode, and I also have a guest with me. So I'm very excited to start this podcast and get his views on the topics as well. But before we go any ahead, let me wish all of you a happy Makar Sankranti, Pongal, Lohri, Bihu, whatever you call it in your region. And this festival is a is an excellent example of Hindu traditions which cut through all the barriers of region, languages, and such. This reminds me of a quote by none other than B. R. Ambedkar, where he says, "The only thing that is holding India together is its cultural unity of its people." Okay, my first guest on the podcast is an interesting personality because he calls himself a representation of a general Hindu, a confused Hindu in his own words. So this podcast, he would be asking me a lot of questions. I would be asking him a lot of questions, and we'll be talking about a lot of fundamental issues in Hinduism and our Indian society right now. So let's welcome our guest and let him have his opening words. Namaste. As he introduced me, I am the I am a common uh, confused Hindu. I would uh, like to ask him of the first question: Why do? What is the need for a Swadeshi podcast? So, as I have explained in the previous episode, the entire reason for starting something like this, a Swadeshi podcast, would be mainly to explain uh, some basic concepts of Hinduism and our way of looking at things in the world. and how there is a need a pressing need in fact in today's world for us to reinstate and reaffirm these hindu values don't you think we have the vedas or the other gurus the spiritual gurus like sadguru shri shri ravi shankar to do this work i mean yeah definitely uh, we have a lot of hindu gurus who talk about uh, many things in hinduism and mainly the people have mentioned are focused on yoga and those kind of topics but what i would like to do is is to establish a hindu identity what it means to be a hindu and what is the hindu thought what is the hindu view on many of the issues which these people don't directly deal with because they have more uh, you can call them a secular audience so they wouldn't go deep into these subjects which i am willing to do here so i think there is in fact a need for someone like me concerned hindu i would call myself to talk about these things and to clear up some doubts in the society it could be the common hindu who doesn't understand many of those things and who often comes out as apologetic in his nature while talking about hinduism or his traditions or culture so yeah i think that's the need i started this podcast so the concerned hindu what are your qualifications how are we, how, how do you think that our viewers would understand that you are the right person or why do you feel you are the right person to do this qualification would be a big word to use because i have no such qualifications in anything but i would be qualified to talk on some of these topics mainly because i have been uh, reading on these topics i have been looking at the general outlook of the society of hindus on the topics that we are going to be discussing today so i think i understand the psyche of a common hindu and the nature of a common hindu when it comes to all these issues so i think it would give me a good insight than most other people who haven't or who don't deal with these topics 
and even the scriptures and all most for example most of our yoga gurus and all won't directly deal with scriptures and what they have to say about things they would just use common sense or just traditional knowledge instead of directly looking into the uh, knowledge presented by our own uh, paramparas and tradition so even i i am aware of some of those things so even i could shed light on those topics so you mentioned scriptures have you read any of the scriptures uh, yeah i did in fact read uh, a few of the scriptures like i have read the basic ones the gita the mahabharata the ramayana and i have read many books by uh, many hindu scholars such as the some biographies of some yogis some spiritual traditions some advaita of adi shankara i have read some of the vedas and the upanishads so yeah the, as far as scriptures go i have a fair idea of what hindu scriptures talk about what they consist of than most hindus because most hindus uh, might not have read any many of the scriptures uh, i think it is a reason for most of their cluelessness on these issues okay enough about me uh, let me start asking you some questions so you told that you represent a common confused hindu so what do you think a uh, hindu today is confused about what do you think the youth especially because we are a largely youth population so what do you think a common hindu common hindu youth is confused about uh, in this day and age about hinduism and his own culture tradition whatever it is see as talking on behalf of a common hindu who is a bit confused about his religion i would like to say that uh, there is a lack of understanding among people especially the youths and uh, our parents also because uh, no one has taught us from our beginning what is re- hinduism what actually it symbolizes what are each and every thing of hinduism like the rituals the steps the traditions what do they symbolize secondly i think uh, there's a there's a image of hinduism of uh, hinduism relates to regressiveness or like the dalits uh, oppressed by brahmins you saw the recently outrage by dalits and uh, like people are confused like there are many uh, myths superstitions which people are uh, confused about so yeah yeah i think yeah these are the common issues that uh, many hindus face today they have a lack of identity uh, about who they are what their origins are where their traditions come from what their uh, scriptures say what their uh, symbols mean so yeah i see many hindus who are completely confused about those things yeah and it's true that even our parents most of our parents don't know about these uh, subjects don't know about this don't have a common understanding of hinduism and yeah i think this could la- this is largely because of our education system which has been systematically used to portray hinduism and hindu traditions in such a nature and yeah we can see even a lot of people in the society such who call themselves uh, gurus even some go ahead and call themselves as gods avatars take undue advantage of uh, unsuspecting hindus who 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 are just afraid of their fate who are just afraid of their life and they just want to go and get some spiritual knowledge but they are being exploited i think all these do stem from lack of basic understanding of many hindu principles and many hindu concepts so i think yeah those could be the reasons for most of these misunderstandings in our youth today yeah i think those are some of the basic and fundamental questions which a confused hindu doesn't understand or has from his birth and goes unanswered goes unanswered by anyone so okay let me ask you a question now you say you're a confused hindu but you still call yourself a hindu uh, because most of our people don't even do that they i think they come in the tradition of nehru 
calling themselves western by thought uh, islamic by culture and only hindu by accident so but i see you yourself giving it the name and uh, i see some sense of still holding on to the hindu name in you so why do you think you are a hindu and what makes you a hindu according to you it's a good question but uh, before that i would ask you to answer some of my questions to get a clear idea about what hinduism is okay yeah definitely you do live up to the name of confused hindu so why don't we answer some basic questions about hinduism so that we can see why anyone should call themselves a hindu so the moment i call myself a hindu certain things come or flash in my mind those things are like the vedas next comes the festivals of hinduism which are quite many yeah uh, then true. comes uh, the humanitarian concept with hinduism gives the sanatan dharma concept and all those things and uh, lastly comes uh, the selfless life or the moksha which you call uh, living a life for others so those are the main main things which comes in my mind yeah definitely definitely uh, these are the things that we are as hindus told that these are some of the great things we have it could be our knowledge the vedic knowledge our festivals as you told there are many in number the humanitarian aspects of it uh, the entire concept of world as a single family and uh, selflessly living the entire concept of ahimsa yeah and the not only the materialistic living but also the spiritual quest what you have called moksha and all yeah definitely these are some of the basic concepts okay let me ask you a question about the origin or the evolution of hinduism like we know about uh, like we have been hearing about adam and eve from those to the whole world has evolved and so that's how the other abrahamic religions portray uh, the evolution of world how do you portray the evolution of hinduism and how does hinduism portray the evolution of world yeah it's a very interesting question because yeah as we know from the abrahamic traditions such as christianity or judaism we know the entire concept of the original sin and people being born into the sin and god creating uh, human beings getting the revealed scripture and them having uh, authority over the truth but hinduism actually is quite different and this is i think the very reason why it's difficult to explain to someone what hinduism is and the very reason why most of our hindus themselves are uh, confused about hinduism so if you ask how did hinduism itself evolved hinduism didn't evolve as a revealed scripture in the sense of abrahamic faith such that some uh, some god will come and give a scripture to a tribe and then ask us the tribe to preach the scripture to everyone else in the in the area and then worship him as a god in hinduism it's quite different it's the opposite of getting a revealed scripture it's actually finding out what the nature of the reality is the revealed scriptures are usually what they tell you about the nature of reality what we have in bible or any other scripture but in hinduism the ved uh, the vedas for example they are understood by the rishis as the eternal truths so they framed those in vedas over a long period of time and as they went along they recorded their knowledge in those scriptures and fr- from there come the the ramayana the mahabharata and all the other smritis we have and the upanishads we have so if you see the entire hindu concept of the evolution of the religion is basically the evolution of human thought is the evolution of human understanding of nature is the evolution of uh, human spirituality what the, uh, the what the rishis have seen what the rishis have realized themselves and then they recorded all those things in our scriptures that's the reason our scriptures the vedas are literally uh, known as knowledge 
so this this is the passed down knowledge therefore we have the oral traditions so the entire evolution of hinduism rests on the understanding of our ancient rishis about the reality of our nature and regarding the evolution of humans i mean hinduism has a lot of philosophies on these topics of course hinduism is completely compatible with the concept of human evolution as we have scientifically discovered we have the entire concept of karma us taking births uh, multiple births each birth after birth we have the concept of samsara so hinduism doesn't need you to believe that human beings are as described by the abrahamic scriptures as born in sin or directly uh, the first species to take birth or anything like that so why are there many gods in hinduism like uh, we in other abrahamic religions we have monotheism why do we have 33 crore gods as said by many of the people and uh, why do we have many gods why don't we follow monotheism or why is there a concept of 100 gods 1000 gods yeah actually this is a very interesting question if you don't understand the fundamental concept of god in hinduism we are prone to such understanding such misunderstandings in fact of the concept of the very concept of god hinduism actually doesn't preach that it has th- thousands or millions of gods or 33 crore gods it actually talks about one single god the vedas call it the purusha the brahman the upanishads are very clear on this topic so the god is actually one there aren't any number of n number of gods but we do have different different number of deities we do have multiple number of deities like shiva or ram or vishnu or brahma for example and uh, this is the reason for confusion among many hindus thinking that there are actually multiple uh, gods and this is somehow different from the western concept of god this is different in the sense that the entire concept of god is in in the western sense is that there is a omnipotent omniscient god who looks after you all the time he punishes you for your sins he wants you to live by his rules in hinduism we have different concept of universal consciousness so the even though the concept is slightly different we have a unified concept of god not a single not a single god but a unified concept of god which talks about the universal consciousness and all other all other forms that we have like shiva or vishnu are just a way to represent that supreme consciousness and its various states for example shiva represents the the, the transformation phase of the universe vishnu represents the sustainable sustaining uh, state of the universe so the brahma represents the creation state and we have kali who represents the maya the entire devi concept represents the mahamaya so we have different concepts to explain different things the rishis have found that this symbolism actually helps people to understand all these uh, concepts all these spiritual concepts all these scientific concepts in a much better way hence we have different imaginations of god different images of god but we don't have different gods in that sense there is only one ultimate and supreme god what we call as the purusha or the brahman so i would like to ask you an interesting question on this so you mean to say there's there's no someone who looks upon us like being thought like if you do something wrong the god is watching you from above and he would do bad to you if you don't follow some certain rules if you don't go on a uh, on a weekly basis visit a temple or something like that. so saying all that all that is wrong no all that is not wrong in that sense these are all like what you tell what you tell a child if he doesn't behave properly to put them in discipline to ask them to do the right things but this is not a this is not the concept that is envisioned by your rishis when they actually gave the concept of a brahman 
this is the reason we have concepts such as karma your action will give some results according to the way you have performed them uh, so there is no divine intervention as such where a heavenly being will uh, get angry if you don't do something uh, will be happy if you do something to it all these uh, rituals or whatever the practices they have asked you the rishis or tradition the books have asked you to do this is for human growth both dharmic and spiritual it's it has got nothing to do with the entity itself the divine entity itself being jealous or being uh, egotistic in any way as it is often represented in the western concepts that's the reason we have various concepts of human suffering human evolution which deal with these uh, earthly aspects rather than a divine entity commanding over us so you mean to say people worshiping all these puja part won't give us anything any benefit or why do people do that you are saying the god doesn't get happy by doing all these things am i right yeah yeah definitely so why do people do then or why is prescribed or why like if i see in my home we i see that they say god will be happy if you do puja god will be happy if you go to the temple people are scared of god and they say if you make them happy he'll do he'll do some uh, chamatkar and he'll give us uh, what we want so what do you, what are your views on that no it's it's not that god it 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 won't give you anything all this it it does give you many things but one of the things is not the reason we call god gunatith for example is because he is unmoved by anything and it is our duty that's the reason we have the four purushadas and the last one of them is moksha which is basically to get to that ultimate stage where you are not affected by any changes that take place around you so that the concept of god will become redundant if there is such a thing as you pleasing him or you making him angry i i call it him just in the general use not as a male being so the entire reason they you can say all these things that god becomes happy if you do this or sad you become all this is to make people do these things uh is to prevent people from doing some acts which are actually harmful to them but not to the god which they are looking up to so basically you're trying to say people have misunderstood this fact and it's just for their benefit nothing wrong would happen it's just to take precautions exactly so the entire concept of whatever we have doing a puja or anything is for our for our own spiritual benefits for our own growth in our life it has got nothing to do with a supreme being commanding you to do something or it getting mad if you don't do it so it's all a way to make people do the right thing to follow dharma so god is a english word he represents like a male being in hinduism you just not told it's not a deity or a human it's just a brahman or paurush so what do we call him how does he look like and who is he or she like what does he have? is he a power is he a shakti or what so yeah this is the entire question asked in the upanishads and many people have done lot of spiritual inquiry spiritual have gone on spiritual quest to find the very answer to this question so i would not be capable to explain everything about it but i would be able to explain what we are getting wrong about it there is an entire concept uh, called naiti in the vedas which basically means instead of understanding what it is the ultimate uh, brahman you can go it in a opposite way which is basically negating everything else which isn't that so in this way if you can go you have asked a good question what is god according to hindus and what do you call it that's the reason if you call it a god we immediately get the conception the western conception of a heavenly entity looking down on you and judging you 24/7 365 days 
but if we can actually take the sanskrit word or any other regional language word it would be a brahman or it would be just bhagavan it would basically represent the hindu concept of such a thing as god so you you might have heard this shlok i hear this from many people aham brahmasmi as far as i know it means god is in me i am the god so how true is it how do you say like in if you see the abrahamic religion or anyone how do you call why would i call myself a god i don't know anything about that i am not the creator i have not created anything what is the concept about that yeah i think this is the very fundamental this, this is called uh, mahavakya in the upanishads aham brahmasmi along with tatvamasi and uh, other similar uh, verses here there is a misconception when you say i am god we think that it is referring to i as a person i as a um, man or a woman made of, made out of bones and flesh but if you if you can read the scriptures carefully it would actually tell you that what you call yourself as i in a bodily form is a is an illusion and you, it's not the proper i so what the verse aham brahmasmi is entirely telling you is that you are something beyond than your bodily entity and that which is you the real you the real self is actually the brahman itself and there is no difference between these two this is the advaitic interpretation anyway of the verse so when you say i didn't create anything i, I am not responsible for any of these things so how can i call myself god when a western concept abrahamic concept of god wouldn't allow you to call this yeah they wouldn't allow you to call this because they believe in a different thing but even the upanishads are clear on this when they call aham brahmasmi the entire aham concept is not you as a bodily entity but the real you which is beyond your senses which is beyond your mind which is the, the brahman itself so does uh, hinduism come up with this concept of uh, all religions equal like we see uh, saying hindu hindu celebrating christmas uh, eid and all these thing but that's not happening on the contrary part of it uh, muslims not celebrating holi and all those festivals christians not celebrating this so and the and you see the society the celebrities celebrating more of abrahamic religion festivals rather than hindu does hinduism really say that all religions are equal i believe this is one of the biggest questions of many hindus and i see this notion being perpetuated by many gurus many hindus themselves who ha- who doesn't understand what the scriptures actually say and believe that the scriptures say all religions are equal there is a concept called vasudeva kutumbakam which means that everyone belongs to the same thing although these make many hindus feel good about themselves their religion claiming equality of all but this doesn't actually convey the actual message of our hindu teachings in the sense that all religions cannot be equal because all religions claim different things the very reason why many hindus claim that all religions are equal because they don't understand what any religion any of these religions say for example take an example and this is an example uh, famously talked about by raju malhotra he talks about the swadeshi framework he is a popular author so he talks about the same thing in hinduism for example we have the view that people are divine in nature we have the divine qualities and all we have to do is to go on the spiritual path and find the divinity in ourselves and become realized human beings then it th- there would be no difference between us and the ultimate consciousness the brahman as we have said before aham brahmasmi that is the state every hindu is supposed to be pursuing in hinduism compare that with christianity christianity tells you that everyone is a born sinner 
there was the original sin which was committed long ago by adam and eve and every person who came after that is a victim of this original sin and because there is an original sin god sent his own son onto the earth to save you from the original sin by sacrificing himself for all your sins when you tell a christian that hinduism and christianity are the same and jesus or and krishna for example are the same they can't accept this because jesus is the personal savior and the entire concept of sin and salvation doesn't exist in hinduism so when someone says all religions are equal it's nothing but confusing the two different world views and the two different ideas of universe and human beings so why do you think that many uh, hindus uh, common hindus think that all religions are the same where do you think that this notion arises from because our hindu scriptures themselves are clear on this topic so why do you think hindus believe in this i think mainly hindus believe uh, believe in this because firstly it comes from the gurus many i i see many hindu gurus stating that all religions are equal they preach same uh, which which is not true yeah yeah, yeah actually that's a very unfortunate situation that we are in right now i mean for whatever reasons uh, could be due to the secularism could be due to the western audience that most of these uh, so called hindu gurus have they try not to uh, be assertive on this subject and tell that different religions preach different things and uh, hinduism actually has a clear conception of what it preaches it's not only about our gurus it's also about our elders our elders uh, have a opinion of peace loving nature if we state something is wrong and if we claim something they are afraid that uh, he'll become extremist or um, he he would be against a religion and become intolerant which i feel is a saddening situation yeah actually our elders i mean the our entire previous generations for many generations now we have been uh, separated from our traditional teachings and traditional knowledge into this uh, modern academic institutions where hinduism is downgraded so many hindus aren't even confident about their own religion hence they go into stating that all are equal so that we don't need to have a separate identity and we don't need to come into conflict with any other person because we don't know anything about ourselves enough to ask or question anyone about their own beliefs and their own faiths i think this is this is also very unfortunate situation and uh, at least modern hindus who know about various uh, religions and their preachings should stand up and build their own identity stating that we are different from other faiths other religions in these ways and it's not extremism if you state your own identity no other person on the planet is afraid to assert you know is or her own identity could it be religious or cultural but hindus always the confused hindus always try to ape other cultures so do you feel hinduism stands on scientific claims and is it a scientific religion it's many many a times questioned by all the other religions mostly abrahamic that it's an unscientific religion so how do you, how how scientific do you feel is our religion it's a funny thing that the abrahamic religions are asking hinduism about the scientific nature of it because if we see the entire superstition and the concept of secularism that had to come in the west is due to the superstition of the church and even today we see in the arab countries how much uh, superstition and extremism is there in the name of religion so i don't think they would be a right candidate to ask such questions about hinduism but anyway generally if we talk about hinduism we know our history we know we have invented many things from the zero medicine ancient warcraft we have many inventions in metallurgy in navy uh, i think it is the indian navy itself that states on its website that the naval tradition of india 
has more history than the entire western civilization it has even started before the birth of western civilization so i don't think we are low on any scientific achievements the point of superstition and uh, cultural regressiveness is a common talking point used by other cultures other religions to attack hinduism rather than understanding what they actually mean and what how these cultures how these traditions have originated and even if there are some superstitions and regressive practices they don't originate directly from hinduism but rather due to some social regression that took place in a specific period of time in history so hinduism even has a corrective procedure within itself and even our rules aren't stringent hence we, hence we don't have any direct rules or commanded upon people but rather directions and prescriptions as to how one has to live their life yeah i would also like to ask you a last question about uh, you see many gurus dharm gurus like ram rahim and all those people claiming to be god giving statements about um, they they know everything or uh, people these people have a lot of fan following how what or what would you recommend to identify if a person is really a fraud or really he's a guru or not this is a very important issue that we have to discuss actually i'm glad it came up today you you took the example of ram rahim even in his preachings or teachings we can see and his entire way that he conducted himself as a person even though he called himself a guru how much materialism is prevalent in his uh, ashrams and he even made movies and his entire teachings of he himself being a god or something is completely against hindu teachings and and he doesn't represent hinduism or any of hindu teachings and this is a product of decades of education where we are not thought about the hindu values but are rather told that these are some regressive and these are some uh, superstitious blind beliefs which you have to abide by without even questioning them and most people know it in this way only so they don't even question when a guru or someone claims that they are god or they make some claims that are in contradiction with the hindu teachings but rather blindly follow them for their own benefit for their own goals in life so i think it's upon every hindu to rationally think about such people and uh, really look if they are actually offering you a spiritual guidance or they're just frauds who are passing off as hindu teachers and gurus that was quite informative it had cleared many of my doubts and uh, made a, gave gave a foundation for uh, thinking or starting about hinduism or knowing hinduism so i feel we must learn about our uh, culture and uh, go deep in it which would clear all our doubts and make us uh, more uh, which would make us uh, learn more about this uh, religion which we belong to yeah yeah definitely that, that's the very reason i have started this podcast so that people can understand what hinduism is really about and clear up some basic misconceptions that many hindus might have about hinduism and i think we have achieved some success in that respect today yeah and i think there would be many more questions to be answered and we'll definitely do that as we go along the way if you have made it this far first of all congratulations and thank you for listening to this episode you can subscribe to my youtube channel and follow me on twitter if you have any questions regarding the topics that we have discussed today or any suggestions for future topics in the coming episodes please feel free to drop a comment below i'll be sure to respond to them in the next episode until then take care and see you in the next one